Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. It is a show where conversations save lives. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. This is episode 129. And the guy that I enjoy spending some time with every week, DW, and you're looking good this week. It looks like you're ready for summer. Oh, I am. I am. You know, summer in Wisconsin is like paradise. It's like a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> we suffer at times with, with, you know, sub-zero weather and that kind of thing. And I even find that intriguing. But, boy, when summer comes, I don't think there's a, a better place on the planet than northern Wisconsin in the summer. The, the days are nice and warm. The evenings are cool. The, the forest up here. We live in the middle of a national forest, so... The trees, when it's like 90 out, the trees absorb about 10 degrees of that, so it's only 80 under the trees, and uh, it's very nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to summer and all the opportunities God gives us and just enjoying his creation. Yeah, well, you've got a great opportunity coming up next weekend just for people to get out there before summer really hits. We do. You know, some men want to grab uh, uh, some time away and get up here in the North Woods, and you can have your meals prepared for its fishing season already, so you can fish in between if you want, but we've got all kinds of activities, and I'm... I'm looking forward to doing some teaching to, to different men that come up. So grab a, a friend, and, and there's still room. Uh, go to silverbirdranch.org and register, and we'll, we'll be glad to see you. It's such a great place up there to get away, and, and especially this time of year. I mean, things are kind of wrapping up. It seems busy. I'm talking to a bunch of friends. I've got one friend that's actually involved in theater, and so there's a lot of like spring plays and productions and stuff. And yep. this is that season for a lot of people that just getting a lot of things in line end of the year stuff end of the school year stuff so it's it is a busy season so having a weekend like that where you can just get away decompress a little bit and then you know get right back into it that's right you notice life has those moments though i mean every year around thanksgiving christmas things go a little crazy for a while yep and then again in may things go crazy for a while because of all the stuff that's going on and then like july 4th things go crazy for a while again and uh and then you start your September school and that kind of thing. So there are all these moments throughout the year that it's kind of cool in a way. I love the fact that God gave us day and night because like every day I could start over. There's a new start. There's a moment where I can start over. And um, I would encourage our people, finish strong, whatever you're doing in May, and then look forward to starting the summer, starting things and, and do it right. If you've never done it right before, do it right now. There's no reason... Why well, you can't correct something. Yes, and anytime tonight, if you're listening online and you want to chat with the live coach, you can do that at our website, hopenet360.com. We have live coaches there to chat with tonight. Our conversation is going to be around significant moments. Some of you guys are preparing for graduation. Some of you guys are getting ready to take some finals this next week. And so there are these kinds of moments that for some of us, they're significant. You know, finals, it's going to be an end of one chapter and you know, maybe you're taking some classes over the summer for others. You're working in a job, and so summer break doesn't really come into play as much for you. And But there are still along the way, there are significant moments in our life, things that 
are memorable. Maybe it's a job promotion. Maybe it's changing and becoming a part of a new workplace or changing your career entirely. And so everybody in life is going to experience significant moments at some point in their life. And tonight we want to look at the person of Peter. One of the guys that I find really interesting in all of the Bible is this guy named Peter. And actually his original name was Simon. Have you guys heard about this guy? Do you know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah, he makes candy bars. What? It doesn't he? <laughs> Simon <laughs> Peter makes candy bars. Oh, not Simon, Peter. Peter. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't he make candy bars? No. All right. I don't know, maybe. I thought maybe he got the wrong Peter, man. Um doesn't he make like mounds candy bars or something? Maybe. I'm not hundred percent sure. I didn't know that. I thought, you know, maybe peanut butter. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Peter the Great. Wasn't he like a conqueror? I mean, there's been a lot of Peters around this this world. Maybe he makes peeps. No. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> No, I don't think so. Judas. No, those names. Are, <laughs> Judas makes people. Judas had like a whole peep factory. <laughs> no, but Peter had nothing to do with it. Did you guys ever watch Veggie Tales when they had maybe, if, you know, Jeff, since you have kids and stuff, they have one episode where it's about the bunny and they sing this song about this bunny. It's like a bunny factory. It's a play on the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the the evil factory owner sings this song about the bunny. And so now I'm just thinking about it, thinking about Peeps and the bunny. Oh, man. It's, it's just, been years since like, I've the, seen that It's one. like the yeah. bunny's like evil. Like you did it all for the bunny. Like you're, you're, everything <laughs> is going to this bunny and they're like kind of worshiping this bunny. <laughs> so where are we going with this? <laughs> I just made the connection. <laughs> we were talking about Peeps. Oh, okay. And how much. So you might actually like that video. Right. Because I just wondered. I, I wondered. You might actually like it because they're, you know, in the no. movie. Like the bunny is hated, so it's just like peeps. No, you have now associated it. You have associated <laughs> with peeps, and anything associated with peeps is evil, as far as I'm concerned. No, that's what I'm saying. You like the video because in the movie, the bunny is evil. So you, you know, <laughs> like I could just see it instead of these chocolate bunnies, it was like peeps. Chocolate. Peep do, you, do you lay w- awake at night trying to make these connections? <laughs> <laughs> it just came to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you're gifted. I have no idea. Chocolate. I'd, I'd be interested in, in Peter making chocolate, but I know Peter was a fisherman, yeah. so he probably had some really good fish fries back in his day. Oh, man. Which is a big deal in Wisconsin. Can you imagine? Yep. He probably knew how to do it. Catching fish. But they used to catch them you know, by the net kind of thing. Not, not so much with the fishing line, I believe. And so they got a lot of them. Yeah. And little known fact, I know we have a big deal about opening season of deer hunting, but this weekend is actually opening season for fishing. That's right. Can you fish with nets? I don't. I'm not a fisherman, Dave. (laughs) I didn't know there was an open season of fishing. All right. What if somebody's listening to us today out on a boat and they're out there fishing and their name is Peter? Whoa. Whoa. Listen to this show because there's something in it for you. Yeah. That would be amazing. (laughs) Now, you can join the conversation with us on Twitter tonight. We want to talk about this person of Peter. Peter was such a fascinating guy. One of the reasons he was fascinating was this is probably one of the most outspoken guys in all of the Bible. I mean, as far as guys that acted first and then thought about it later, I've had those times where you just, maybe you do something and you're like, I probably should have thought about that before I just did that because that was dumb. Yeah. One of the wonderful things about life is seeing the differences in people and celebrating those differences and not making them something that's bad. If you would look, there's two general categories of all people. There's extroverts and introverts. And Peter was an extrovert. And then there's extroverts that are like off-the-edge extroverts and off-the-edge introverts. However God made you, it's for the best of the world around you and and you're good and you just need to learn how to use it. And I think that's what God was doing with Peter is bringing out the best in this extroverted personality. 
I mean, Peter was so fast to say things, so fast to do things. Um, there are people, and you've met them, where in order for them to process things, they have to talk about them. They can't think about them. They have to talk about them. That's me. And, and so in talking about them, they process it. They're, they're talk processors. And, and that's important to understand. I think Peter was one of those. There are others who are more introverted that are thought processors. So if I'm talking to somebody introverted and I, and I have something to say, I'll say, well, let me, let me, let me say this to you and then why don't we get together in two days and talk about it some more. They love that because now they can go back and process it, you know, and, and come back. But Peter, he needs to say it right away. So when Jesus comes to him and says, who am I? He goes, you know, you're, you're God. You're, you're the son of God. I mean, he spurts it out. And why? Because that's how he operates. And, and it's really interesting. Those people like Peter or the opposite of Peter have a real hard time making it without the other, without the other group. And that's, that's where the body of Christ comes in. But what's fun is to watch God take Peter, a guy that, you know, you could say could put his foot in his mouth quite a bit and, and, and have a lot of energy, his type, type triple A personality, whatever you want to call it. But he takes him and he uses him in so many different ways. And I would promise anybody that's listening, there's so many that I've talked to through the years that think that their personality is deficient, that there's something that everybody else has that they need to develop or whatever. And I'm thinking, enjoy how you are made. And, and we should talk about that throughout the program today is how, how Peter was made in a very special way and how God used him and how in the end he was very successful just being Peter. Yeah, that is really the, the whole thrust of the conversation. And whether you're graduating soon or maybe you've just been trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with my life? What is the purpose that God has for me? Maybe you've been working a job that you're just working a job and now you're starting to dream a little bit and say, what, what else is there? Is, does God have something else for me? And, and so the reality is tonight we want to have a conversation around that. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, our live coaches are available at HopeNet360.com. This conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Also, be a part of the conversation with us tonight. We are on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Jeff, DW, and Tara K in studio tonight with you. And we want to give a shout out to all the mothers out there who are listening. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for being mom. Moms are so important to do so much. I know I appreciate my wife incredibly much to uh, taking care of our kids, but also taking care of me. I know it's not just being a mom, but it's being a wife and, and being a caretaker in, in a lot of different ways. So thank you for all you do. Thank you to moms out there. We're talking about tonight this guy named Peter. And one of the guys that I've found fascinating to read about in the Bible because he is one of those guys that when you think about the story of Jesus and you think about all the people in the Bible you would probably write a story that pertains to a bunch of really religious people who really have it all together. That would be how I would write any book in the Bible, would be that there are just people that are perfect-looking people, or they have it all together. And you realize really quickly when you start reading the Bible that there are just a lot of messed-up people out there and a lot of different personality types, and how God uses imperfect people 
all the time to write his story of redemption. Even in, in the time when Jesus was here on earth, Jesus didn't surround himself with the most religious people out there. He didn't surround himself with the best of the best rabbis, or the best of the best religious teachers. He actually flew a little bit more in the face of them. And he went for people that were just not professional religious people. And I find that interesting. Peter was one of the examples, and and this guy is so fascinating. Even how he got his start in following Jesus was not the way that I would have anticipated that, Dave. I don't know if you've thought about that at all, but when you look at the book of John or some of the Gospels accounts of, of when Simon, that was his original name, when Simon came to meet Jesus and, and then how he was called by Jesus, this, was, this wasn't really what I would say even an orthodox way of, of doing this. If you were the, the Messiah, the king of the world, the, the one that salvation would come to through, wouldn't you have written it more along the lines of people who were just really religious people who were actually supposed to be living faith? Yeah, you know what? And there's something that we probably are missing in our culture, and there's something... I mean, when Jesus went to these guys, often all he said was, follow me, and they stopped everything and followed him. Yeah. You know, so, so there's part of the story that's not uh, that we don't understand. There's no doubt. Because if I went to somebody on the street, if I, if I didn't know you, I came and said, hey, follow me. Okay, man, I'm dropping everything. Call my wife. I'm following this guy now from now on. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay, there's something we're missing there. And um, a, a lot of people have talked about that, that the Jewish boy would grow up. And one of the great aspirations they had was to have a rabbi, a teacher that they could follow and be associated with that group and that kind of thing. And, and so, you know, there's a, there's a mind frame that we're kind of missing. But regardless of that, Jesus went to these guys and, and he went to this group that was really kind of interesting, if you look at it. I mean, and Peter, uh, Peter could get in trouble in a second. You know, Peter and his brother Andrew. We have John, the son of thunder. I mean, <laughs> yes. we have Matthew in there. Uh, and Matthew was a guy that, like, the Jews hated and the Romans tolerated at best. I mean, he was the guy that nobody liked. Yeah. And 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 yet, the book of Matthew is written with more Old Testament quotes in it than any other book in the Gospels. And Jesus, he seemed to almost pick out people that were comfortable with who they were at this particular point in life, and 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 they understood that there was a God. And, and maybe they didn't know where he was. Maybe they were confused. And he was going to straighten that out. When I used to play football, and even if you watch the Green Bay Packers and how they draft people and do different things, what they keep talking about is, is choosing things that they cannot coach. Guys in the Packers say, you can't coach size. Yeah. Guys come in that are, are 14 feet tall and 5,000 pounds, you can't coach that. Right. You know what I mean? That, that, that's big. And so you go after that because you can't coach it. I, I think if you look at each of these disciples, you will find in their lives that there were things that they, that, that they already had, that they didn't need to be coached on, that were very important as far as being part of the body of Christ. And, and I would suggest that all of our listeners, if they look at their lives, there are some things in your life. If you get rid of the sin part, you, you look, there, there's some things that you're created with that are naturally you, that, that nobody could coach you on, that you will do naturally, you'll do it well. And, and I think what Jesus did is he cut through all that and he find, found these guys that were normal and, and the characteristics that were needed to build the first church. And and the church is going to be represented the body of Christ. There are going to be a lot of different personalities in there. There's going to be a lot of different thought processes, a lot of different professions in there. And he was going to build his church around this body of believers that was going to be very normal. 
So for those who believe that you have to have some super brain power or some super uh, natural power or something to be really used of God, really, it's really normal people that are used of God that know he's God and are comfortable with how God made them, and they're representing him wherever they're at, and that's a pretty simple thing to understand. Yeah, so the, the story really that we get of Simon comes about when he's right around the age of 30. It's kind of where we tend to see the timeline start. Jesus started his ministry at about 30 years old. Yep. And so these guys were probably right around that age, which happens to be where I'm at. I'm at 31. And so I, I'm just kind of thinking about the whole process. I mean, Peter had been doing this fishing thing probably his whole life. I mean, once he got into that trade, Dave, you, you had some thoughts as we were kind of chatting this morning that Maybe he just kind of flunked out of rabbi school or whatever it was and just took up fishing, but he was good at it. Him and his brother yep. and, and these guys were good at a product, prosperous fishing business. But the original call that Peter had in his life when he first encountered Jesus was it was out on the boat and Jesus goes out kind of talking about how the fishing's going or whatever. And so they're out on the boat and, and Jesus says to drop your nets. And the, the two guys are like, dude, we haven't caught anything all night. We know fishing, Jesus. We've done this our whole lives. If you don't catch something at that point, you're probably not going to catch something now. What what makes you think about that? So they drop their nets, and they pull in this boatload of fish, and then Jesus basically says, okay, so you're going to now, you're going to be fishers of men. I'm going to help you be fishers of men. And they left their nets. They they abandoned everything, and they went and, and they followed Jesus. This was such an interesting change, an interesting call, if you will, to change their careers and up and go and, and think about the perspective of life they had to shift to. They, they just went into something they had no clue what they were doing, and yet they were willing to follow this guy, Jesus. That's kind of a powerful starting point, I think. Yeah, it's a moment. It's a moment in history where all of a sudden you have this aha moment. You're fishing. You know this doesn't work. This guy, it, All of a sudden it makes sense, and you go, you know what? i got to change direction here. You can call that repentance if you want. I mean, that's what repentance is, thinking differently, changing direction, the whole works. But that's what they did. They they were doing their normal thing. And people, you will be doing your normal thing. And all of a sudden, there's going to be those moments, and you got to look for them, those moments in history where God reaches out to you and says, look, your normal thing, I, I can change what you do. I'm not going to change your personality. I'll use it, but I can change what you do. Follow me. Just by following me. It'll change what you do. Even put it in context. You know, look down the road. Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Mm -hmm. Not follow me and I'll put you in an evangelistic course or anything. He said, follow me and you will be fishers of men. You will. That's what That's what will happen. He made it actually pretty simple. And And these guys may have been confused for a moment. But eventually he even cleared the confusion up. There's often things that when we read it in scripture, you know, it looks like it all happened immediately. But I wonder different things like what they were thinking, what other things might have happened in this decision to just completely leave. Did they consult one another? There's a lot of things that don't get said, too. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of I'd be interested to know what were they thinking? Were they just like, OK, I wouldn't even know who this guy is. Like, I think it's so easy to read it and go, oh, they just knew that he was Jesus and they're going to go follow him. But Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm Jesus and, you know, give them this whole explanation. They just saw what he did and, and the miracle he performed. And that was enough to maybe they didn't even know at the time that that's who he was. But they noticed that there was something different about this guy. And he had the potential. If he had the potential to do that, he had the potential to do like, I think they were just also curious to see what else he was going to do. Yeah. And they wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. Jesus intersected them 
at the thing that they were really strong at. They're really good at fishing. And I want to talk about this because Jesus, if we're going to apply this to our life, Jesus is able to intersect us where we're at. We don't have to take a step towards, you know, some kind of a religious education or something and roll in rabbi school, as it were. Like, he actually intersected where they were in their career, their profession, in whatever season of life they were in. That's where Jesus met him at. And so I find this really interesting and fascinating. We're going to talk about it as we go on tonight in the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, and Tara K with you here tonight on the show. We're talking about this guy named Peter. And fascinating guy. We've been talking about how Jesus met Peter in a real way. The initial connection that Peter had before he was Peter, as he was known as Simon, was this time when Andrew introduced him to Jesus, when Andrew said, you know, we found the Messiah, and, and so you can read about that in John chapter 1. But then Luke 5, and I think, Dave, you said Matthew 4, has this story of Simon actually stepping out of the fisherman lifestyle and following Jesus after Jesus intersected his world. And what I mean by that is, in this, the way the story is described, Jesus goes out on the boat with Peter. They're fishing. Jesus says, look, I got this bright idea, guys. You just put the net down in the water and just see what happens. And Peter's looking at him like, are you kidding? We just spent this whole night trying to fish. Didn't catch a single thing. And you're telling us to do this. Yeah, okay. So they they did it. And they caught a bunch of fish. Next thing they know, they're going to become fishers of men. And Jesus has intersected their world in a way they probably were not expecting. And as a reader, as someone who's reading this story, it's like, this is really an interesting thing. We understand the life of a fisherman and and just the kinds of people these were. They weren't the professional Christian types of people. They probably didn't speak like Christians. They probably didn't, you know, maybe smell like Christians would smell. They probably didn't dress like Christians would dress. They didn't, they didn't do the things that they did. Now, I'm not saying they didn't believe in God. They didn't have a faith or anything. But what I'm saying is these guys were living life, as it were, providing for themselves and doing really hard work. I mean, fishing was not an easy line of work. It was based on basically if the fish were coming in or not coming in. So this wasn't one of those deals where it was like, you know, if you just left it, you could just abandon it. This was like, this was, a, I think this was a step for Peter. And maybe he didn't think about it as much. I think, Tara, as you were talking, as a guy, I don't always think through my decisions. I just kind of do. And then all of a sudden it's like, if I have to think about it, I might actually step back and say, ooh, I don't know about that. And us guys were like, if we see something that works, we're like, why am I working in this line of work? This dude knows what he's doing and he could probably make me more successful. So maybe I just go work for him for a while and and do that. Guys, maybe I'm just generalizing this too much, but I tend to be a little bit that way where it's like, I mean, I could see us doing this or partnering together on this. I mean, Terry Kay, you've been involved in a lot of different things. And when we first met, it wasn't like I looked over your resume or was like, yeah, you'd be a great guest on the show. It was kind of like, you know something, you're successful at it. You're doing something that you're passionate about doing. And it's, it's bringing hope to people that are in such hopeless situations and that are in need of rescuing. I mean, that's, that's what we're dealing with when we deal with Jesus, that is he sees us in our current situation and he's like, I'm not willing to let you stay 
in that place. I want to make you more successful than you've ever been, not necessarily in a monetary sense or in a fishing sense even, but in the fact that Jesus' goal for us just like it was Peter, was to make us more successful. Yeah, a lot of us, you know, we don't really like change all the time. But yet, if you think about it, like God created us who we are. He knows exactly who he created us to be. There is, you know, in America, there's this idea of the American dream. And we, maybe we don't even realize it, but we kind of follow a pattern that's set for us. And that's kind of to live a comfortable life, find a job, get married, have kids, have a house. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think especially this might resonate with some students now who are maybe graduating college or graduating high school and thinking about college or what they want for their future. Maybe there's that that pattern of, well, I'll just go, go to college, I'll get a job, I'll buy a house, and that's I'll live my comfortable life. And I think that was maybe the same for Peter. He knew how to fish, and yet Jesus interrupted his life because he knew that he had created Peter for even more. And there's there's nothing wrong with living the American dream lifestyle, but I think sometimes we want to try so hard to just maintain our level of comfortability that maybe Jesus is asking us to step out even in that life that we live out of our level of comfortability into something new because he knows there's even more for us and that we would have even greater purpose if we stepped out of what we consider to be comfortable. And and I think, you know, in that situation where Jesus asked Peter, come follow me, he did. He stepped out of the boat. That was symbolic of he stepped out of what he knew and said, I don't know, but what you just did, this miracle you just did was amazing. And I'm going to follow you. And, and he does that again when he um, Jesus walks on water. Peter is the one who once again, steps out of the boat and it's a, a step of faith. In the one when he started to doubt, he started to sink, but it was that initial step of faith of out of the boat. It's symbolic of stepping out of what's comfortable because Jesus knew there's a greater level of faith that I want to develop in you if you just step out of what you know and what your level of comfortability. And, you know, Jeff was talking about when we met and maybe somebody feels like, yeah, I don't really know if there's a situation that God's really calling me to step out and do something courageous or a specific, you know, some of my friends, maybe God's calling them to missions and I don't really feel a calling for a specific thing or something great. And, you know, I kind of felt that way too. I knew that I always wanted to, I wanted to be involved in missions, but I worked, that didn't happen right away out of college. I worked a job that I didn't really plan on working and it provided for a while, but I was I, then all of a sudden the boat opportunity came to me and I really, I was offered a promotion in my job. And at the same time, I was offered an opportunity to do missions work with human trafficking victims and I would have to support raise and I'd have to quit my job and everything I knew. And at the same time, I was offered a really nice promotion in my job. So that was a moment for me where I had to pray about it. And I really felt God saying, let go of your safety net. If you let go of a nice salary and, you know, health benefits. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was, I think, a trust factor of really allowing God to provide those things for me instead yeah. of me trying to, you know, okay, I- I'm skilled at this or saying I'm skilled at this job and they're wanting to promote me, or yeah. am I going to let go and let God provide those things for me? And God knew that it wasn't going to satisfy you. And, yeah. And that's the other part of it. You know what? Oftentimes our understanding trumps our obedience. And yet it's our obedience that provides our understanding. So we never get to the point where we understand God. I mean, if, if you look at, I, I know that was a mouthful, rewind that and play it off. And here's what we have to understand. Peter was in a situation where he was basically listening to a guy who claimed to be God. Now that's confusing. He's walking among them. He's a person. He looked at, you know, to everyone. Although they were looking for the Messiah, and, and even though Andrew said, I found the Messiah, and, and they've claimed, okay, so, so Peter was, was the guy that said what everybody else was thinking often. 
and and got in in the middle of stuff like all right if if you're really god then tell me to walk on the water too yeah you know i mean this didn't make any sense to anybody but he's pretty much saying to jesus put up or shut up man yep if you're god i want to know you're god and i'm going to do things that you tell me and god says well come on come to me and then in the middle of it, he's going what am i doing and all of a sudden he starts to sink <laughs> yes you know it, it, it's like okay we're all there. Here, here's what I've understood through life. I really understand that God is God. And then I have to look at my life and begin to see that so often I do not want to live as if he's God. I want to live as if I'm God and I need to take care of me. And that's not how it works. And, and God had to work with Peter all the way to the time where, where Jesus left. He had to work with him to break him of this. Because Peter, although he acknowledged Jesus as God, he struggled in his life to live as if Jesus was God. And, and that's how we all are. I don't know how many people are going to church today, whatever, say, I acknowledge that Jesus is God, and I acknowledge that God is God, but I struggle with living as if he's God. Hmm. I encourage you to go back and look at Peter's life, because Jesus kept working with him. Can you imagine when, when Peter went down, he's walking on the water, he goes down with Jesus, I don't know... If he had a smirk on his face or whatever, it's like, oh, brother, you know, go, go over there and touch the man and get him out of there. Or, or when the boat was in the middle of a storm and Jesus had to stand up and calm it. And I mean, it's like, you know, after a while, do you guys realize who you're with? Why don't you act like you're with me? And that's what all of us are learning. I, I know that, you know, as a child of God, the Holy Spirit is with me continually. And, and I know he is there. He, he knows what he's doing. And the circumstances of my life, no matter what they are, my God, my Father who loves me is in charge, and no matter what, his commitment to me doesn't change. And I need to live that way, but God has to keep showing me that I need to live that way because sometimes I just fall into my own understanding and it gets really complicated. That's a really great perspective, especially going into finals week, because you can get so hooked on the fact that you've got you've got to get a good grade or you're not going to get this. And we can get so wrapped up in how we think it's going to work in our human mindset. We have to understand who we're really dealing with here. And Peter understood that he may not have totally grasped who he was dealing with, but at the very least, he was willing to drop his nets. He dropped what was familiar and he went towards the things that were unfamiliar because he knew that he was with somebody who he could trust, who he could lean on, who knew that he was strong enough and talented enough to do what he was doing and more. So he wanted to know this guy that he was dealing with in, in a way that would forever change his life. And we're going to see that more as we go on in the story of Peter. Chat with us right now on the tweet back. We're hanging out. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, and Tara Kay with you tonight here on the show. Having a great conversation about Peter on Twitter. So if you're hanging out on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. Leave your thoughts. You can ask us questions. You can ask us to clarify something. If you missed something that we said that you wanted us to elaborate on, we'd love to connect with you right now on Twitter. Tara, you've got an interesting event coming up. Why don't you just share a little bit about what you're working on and, and some things happening in the realm of human trafficking? 
So if you may not know, if you haven't listened to our program before, I work with an organization called Damascus Road, and we educate, advocate, and locate uh, victims of human trafficking. We also do awareness and prevention projects. One of our biggest goals is to educate young people. So we have this great opportunity to work with Oshkosh North students, um, juniors, and they've been planning a couple projects that I just wanted to let everybody know about. If you're in the Oshkosh area, love to have you come out. We have, um, they're going to be doing an awareness presentation at Planet Perk in Oshkosh on Saturday, May 14th at 6.30, from 6.30 to 8. And the students are going to be sharing the awareness um, prevention education information. It's a great opportunity for parents um, and young people to come out and learn more about human trafficking. And we'll also have products there that people can purchase if they want to um, that were actually made by trafficking victims. We'll have accessories and fun things. Um, so that's another great way to support, to help provide uh, job opportunities for women that were at risk of being trafficked or have been trafficked. Um, and then coming up on May 25th, that's a Wednesday, um, the students, they organize this event all themselves. They're going to be doing a fundraiser for Damascus Road, and it's going to be at Fox River Brewing Company, which is also known as Fratello's in Oshkosh Restaurant. And that whole night from 4 until 9 o'clock, if you can come out, bring your family out. If you're going to church that evening, come early and um, have some dinner, and 15% of their profits that night are going to be donated to Damascus Road and the work we do with uh, fighting human trafficking. So hope to see you there. Um, we'll be out at those events. And if you're in the Oshkosh area or you want to make a little trip, we'd love to have you come out and see you there. All right. We've got details on that under our show notes tonight at HopeNet360.com. Our conversation tonight about Peter, fascinating guy that we read about most of it, all of it, I think, in the New Testament. Three significant moments that happened in his life. The initial time that he met Jesus, when Jesus called him out of his career, as it were, of being a fisherman, to come and to follow him. Eventually, Jesus would say, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter, the rock. And that's what his name means, Peter. He was initially Simon. And then Jesus called him by a different name, called him Peter. And so the fascinating thing that we kind of talked about, we covered already, was that Jesus met him where he was at. He called him out of where he was currently. He came and showed up and, and caught a bunch of fish with them, but then said, you know what, Peter, I've got something greater for you. I'm going to make you fishers of men, and it's going to be a great journey. Come with me and be a part of it. They left their nets. He left his career behind and said, all right, here we go. I'm going to just jump in and, and do that. And, and there's a story that we were kind of talking about before we went into the halftime, and, and that was that Peter had to step out of the boat. The, he was spending some time in the boat with his disciples, and Jesus was off doing his thing and, and just getting away with God. And then all of a sudden, there is this ghostly figure on the water. And who's the guy that chimes up first? It's Peter. And Peter's like, all right, hey, if that's you, Jesus, call me. Tell me to come and walk out to you. And so <laughs> Jesus says, come, basically come and, and walk on the water. And so Peter steps out of the boat, walks on the water. And then all of a sudden, as the story goes, he starts to look around and notices the wind and the waves a little bit. And he's like, what am I doing? It's kind of this whole shoot first, aim later, you know, kind of mentality where it's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this and not really consider necessarily what I'm doing. But Dave, you had some really neat thoughts talking about understanding and obedience. Can you just highlight that again? Because I almost missed that where you talked about that my understanding actually comes after the act of obedience. Oh, absolutely. In, in our culture, we do it so differently. We really want to understand it first and then obey. Here's the truth of the matter. 
Go look at the world around us. Look at the universe. There was a creator. Start there. It doesn't mean you're going to understand everything about the creator. It doesn't mean you're going to know him. But you start there. In Romans 1, you can read that through. You can see how important that is. But understanding, our understanding should not trump our obedience because obedience always provides understanding. When I obey God, I gain understanding that I didn't have before. But I don't have understanding first. So that's critical for us to understand. And and here, I, I think Peter, to me, the key word for Peter is always confusion. This man was more confused than, than many people. And he was confused and I think the other disciples were confused as well, but Peter was kind of the spokesman for the confusion, if you want to call it that. I think his brother Andrew actually got it, and, and that's what I find fascinating. I think Peter was more confused, and Andrew actually got it. If, if you look at Andrew through time, he was always bringing the you know, problem to Jesus. He, he would bring the problem to Jesus, he'd get out of the way. Like when he fed the 5,000, it was Andrew who brought the boy up there with the loaves and the fish, and then he kind of got out of the way. It was kind of like, okay, God, there's a problem here, here's what we have, I'll get out, you take care of it, and then we'll take care of it. So Andrew was a little different bird. He was more of an introverted type, I think. He was more of a, a thinker through, I'm going to think this through, and, and, and I'm actually going to treat God like he's God. And if you remember the beginning, Andrew went to his brother Peter and said, we found the Messiah. So Andrew had already sorted that out, and he actually acted a little bit more like Jesus was God. And Peter was saying, so Jesus is God, you know, a, different, a little different attitude. And, and I think through time, Jesus kept proving himself to Peter over and over and over again. And even when Peter didn't deserve it, Jesus kept proving himself to Peter. And, and that's important to see. I see so many young people today that, that talk about, well, I'd really like to trust God, but they'd say, how am I going to make money? How am I going to do this? See, what they're doing is that they're saying, I'd like to step out of the boat, but, but as soon as I do, I think I'll drown. And I don't understand how God can provide for me. Well, the God who made the universe is not capable of providing? Well, you know what I had to do in, in, in my life as well? I had to step out and see that he actually could do that and would do that. And, and now I'm 60 years old, and I've seen that he has provided. You know, there were so many times in my life where, I, where e either God was going to provide or it wasn't going to work. I have an old saying, Jeff, and you've probably heard me say it before. Let's either fix this or blow it up. Yeah. One of the two. I think we've said that about the show like a number of times. <laughs> you know, we, that's the way we operate. It's like, you know, either this is going to be what it's supposed to be, or we're going to blow it up trying. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's just not going to work. And I think that was kind of Peter's mentality. It's like, well, if you're God, me walking on water is no big deal. And then he got out on water and he started going, hey, me walking on water is a big deal. You know, I mean, it, all of a sudden his mind switched because he started to look around the waves or whatever it might be. I know, you know all kinds of preachers have thought on it. All we know is that at the beginning, and you know what, I think, I think there's great lessons there. At the beginning, sometimes it's a lot easier than when you're in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, for you and me to sit here and say, let's start a ministry and do this and trust God and do that, we're all going, yeah, let's step out of the boat together. And then when we step out of the boat about a year later, you're going, do you realize what we did? Yeah. You know, all of our money, all of our time, all of our, do you realize what we did? Now, now it is there that we better look at Jesus because we'll sink otherwise. Because we got out of the boat because of Jesus. We can't now continue outside the boat without him. And you also can't risk the temptation to jump back in the boat either because it's easy to, and we're going to see how Peter did this in his life because he he actually stepped back into the boat. When we, we read the story of Peter and, and you go through the whole trial and, and then the crucifixion of Jesus, 
what you saw happen to the disciples was not very uncommon. It's what we would naturally do if we're faced with the reality that my hopes and what I thought was going to happen didn't turn out the way that I thought was going to happen. So I'm just going to jump back into the familiar. I'm just going to jump back into what I knew to be true. And Jesus in his resurrection, after his resurrection, Jesus did something very significant in the life of Peter that I think applies to every single one of us when we feel that natural inclination to want to go back to that familiar place that we were at thinking that's where our success really was in. And in reality, it's that once Jesus gets us out of the boat, he wants us to stay out of the boat trusting in him. And then he's strong enough to prepare us to continue doing that, even if we don't necessarily feel that he's like right there every single step of the way he still is. So we're going to talk about this when we come back here on the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. You can catch this show on the podcast later tonight at HopeNet360.com. Also, if you're listening tonight and you're just thinking, man, I don't know much about this God thing, but this whole Peter story sounds a lot like my story, and I want to know more, go and chat with one of our live coaches right now at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, Tara K with you tonight here on the show. And guys, this has been a great conversation about one of, I think, one of the all-stars of the Bible, if you want to look at it that way. This was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus and and this guy named Peter and just his character, the kind of person he was. As we were talking about stepping out of the boat last section, last segment, it was just interesting to me how going back to looking at Jesus' initial call on Peter's life, where he Jesus actually went as a leader and, and there's like a leadership nugget in this that I think is important. As a leader, it's super important that we don't just wait for leaders to rise up and to take on that mantle leadership or certain responsibilities. As a leader, it's important to call out other leaders and, and not based on their merit necessarily, but what you see in them. And that's the one thing that I love about following Jesus too. I feel sometimes like I am the least qualified in some ways to do some of the things that I'm able to do except that I know the guy that I'm dealing with here, the one that actually called me out of the boat so many years ago. It's almost 10 years ago now where I'm looking at my life and I'm thinking, I stepped out of the boat and as many times as I wanted to step back into the boat, he would not let me get back into the boat. It's one of those deals where I had to continue to just trust in the fact that he called me out of the boat. Once I take a step out of the boat, then it's not it's no longer on me. It's now on in God's hands. It's now in Jesus' hands. And Dave, Tara, I know you guys have been in that same spot too where it's like, you step out of the boat, there's temptation to want to go back into the boat, right. and yet when you try to go back into the boat, it usually doesn't work like you think it's going to be, and then you have to realize, okay, i got to stay out of the boat. Absolutely. You know, the Bible teaches us that there's only one way to please God. Does it come to your mind what that way is? Obedience. In Hebrews, it says, without faith. Yes. Which is obedience, mm-hmm. which is I'm going to listen to God no matter if he tells me without faith. So what is it that pleases God? It's just our obedience. You know, isn't it? it to me, I, th- I find that so simple and so refreshing. I mean, I don't have to be a great musician. I don't have to be a great speaker. I don't have to be a, a great athlete. I don't even have to be healthy. I, I mean, what I could do is I can do this. I can obey God. And And why don't I obey God is the question. Why wouldn't I? Because I don't know him. That's it. 
I mean, as Peter got to know God, as Peter got to know Jesus, obedience became easier for him. And, and that's what we need to challenge our listeners to do. If you are struggling today with the idea of, of obedience to God, then the issue is not your theology. It's not a bunch. Of, it, it's you don't know God. And so what you need to do is you need to spend time getting to know him. And when you know God, I promise you this, when you know him, when you really know him, you'll trust him. And you'll step out of the boat when you need to, and you'll stay out because you trust him. Even when the circumstances start going south, you trust him. See, trusting him comes from obedience. Remember, understanding doesn't give you obedience. Understanding gives you the platform. Knowing God gives you the platform for obedience. Obedience, then, gives you the understanding. But that's the only way. Think of it, Job in the Bible. He got what he got because he was obedient, and then he eventually was understanding. Uh, Stephen, he got stoned. I mean, while he's getting stoned, he's got to think, boy, I'm listening to God. This isn't a great idea. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, Jesus stands at the right hand of, of God, and he sees him, and he goes, I get it, man. See, what happens is obedience opened up the umbrella of understanding. But without obedience, we're not going to have that. And Satan knows that, so he's got us immersed in all kinds of other garbage. But I want to encourage you, be those who, if you're struggling with obedience, be those who actually start to obey God, get to know him, and go ahead and step out and, and see if God is not the God he says he is mm. and and that he won't take care of you. He will. Maybe not in the human terms like you and I think. I mean, Stephen, I'm sure, didn't want to get stoned, but... But God is God, and if you don't trust him, it's because you don't know him. You know, in John 21, it talks about Peter's last time with Jesus, or one of the times that I think is is super important. We're talking about three different significant moments, the first being when Peter was called Peter initially and to come out of the boat, and he left his nets and followed Jesus. And, and then the second part where Peter decided to get out of the boat and to just take God at his word, take Jesus at his word, and step out of the boat onto the water and take that step of faith. And the third significant moment in Peter's life that I read about, there are a lot of them. So don't take this as this is the only three things. You can read a lot about Peter's story uh, later on in the New Testament, a lot of different examples. But in John 21, it talks about this significant moment in Peter's life with Jesus. And this is after Jesus had resurrected, and now he's appearing to his disciples. And in John 21, it starts out this way. It says, Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is where probably similar or very close to where he met Peter the first time. And and he said, this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they all went out on the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Does this sound familiar? At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who it was. He called out, fellows! Have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Mm. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. 
So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, mm. and yet their net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. And I just find this story so interesting how Jesus parallels almost the same kind of fashion. He dropped their net, they caught more. It's just To me, it's like Jesus is saying, okay, I've seen this happen before. So I, apparently Peter needed another reminder that, yeah. do you understand where you came from, Peter? Let's just try this again. Yeah. Peter was confused all the time. I mean, even the fact that he put his coat on and jumped in the water shows that he was confused. You, you normally do the opposite. He was a guy that really wanted Jesus to be God, but I think he was confused. He just denied him. And not only did he deny him, he said, forget it. I'm going back to fishing. I'm going back to what I did. I, this is what I know. I don't know who Jesus is. I'm confused. So Jesus then shows up at the shore. Not only at the shore, but then it's obvious it's Jesus again. He does the same thing he did before. Peter throws on his coat, jumps in the water, like like Peter only would do. And he gets there, and there's this charcoal fire. Go back and look at the kind of fire that Peter sat at to deny Jesus. It was a charcoal fire. Hmm. Jesus was kind of giving him the aroma. Remember that time? Yeah. Do you remember that, Peter? You know, and, wow. Do you remember the first time when I told you to cast the net over? Do you remember this time? Do you remember the charcoal? Peter, do you remember all the failure in your life? And you know what's really interesting about that, Jeff? Is it that Peter admits his failure. And after each one of them, Jesus says, you go and you represent me. Here's what I hear him saying. You know, Peter... If this was really about you, Peter, this would be a disaster. Hmm. It's pretty good it's about me. So why don't you go tell people about me? Make it about me, Peter, and not you. You make it about me. And that was a lesson I learned years ago that is so valuable. I need to make it about God and not me. I can't keep looking at my failures, my losses, my sin. I, I need to look at Jesus and make it about him. And all of a sudden, I could be in ministry. All right, you can check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Tara K. wrapping things up with you tonight here on HopeNet Radio. We're glad that you've joined us here on the show. You can connect with us tonight on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also at HopeNet360.com, we have some show notes for you tonight. So you can go back and check out some of these scriptures for yourself. We've got references there. We've got some stuff that we talked about on the show. It's really been loaded with a lot of nuggets. If you haven't caught that already, the story of Peter to me is fascinating because it's a guy that you would probably think is least likely to be hanging out with Jesus in what I would consider Jesus closest friends, the guys that he spent three years, pretty much every single day, a lot of time together. And they did a lot of life together. And, and, to look at the life of Jesus, look at how the story played out. Jesus called out some guys that were rough, that didn't really fit the mold of Christian faith. And the reality is, is that Jesus doesn't always call the ones that are the most qualified. Not that he doesn't call people who are qualified, because again, those who have education, degrees in various fields, you guys are absolutely needed. But the reality is, is God can take individuals just like you and me who do not have the qualifications and he can bring us through a process that takes us further than we ever thought we'd get to on our own. The same is true for Peter. He was working a job that was, you know, he was a fisherman. 
and the great story of, of Peter and, and his turning and, and following after Jesus was he just decided to take Jesus at his word and just follow him and to trust him. And he spent time with Jesus, who is, you know, obviously before the, the foundations of the world, but he spent time with Jesus. And then at the end of the story, Peter decides, you know, that really wasn't what I thought was going to happen. And so he decides to go back to fishing and everything else. And then Jesus comes back. He rises again from the dead and he comes back and, and now he's with Peter again, the disciples. And there he is. And he's the same story. Basically he's on the shore and he says, dudes, just cast the net on the other side of the boat and see what happens. And they catch all this fish again and they have breakfast. And then there's this moment that Jesus has with Peter and, and Dave, I'd love for you just to share this story. This is such a neat perspective for all of us who've ever failed at something that God has called us to do. Can you tell us about this story and kind of unpack this ending of Peter's story here? Yeah, you know, very quickly. And I, again, when you look at this interaction, you have to understand that Jesus is God. His commitment to Peter is to make Peter successful. Peter is a guy that talks first, thinks later, and Jesus is going to put the mantle of leadership on him. And he has failed miserably. He is confused. Some people think he lied when he said, I don't know that man. I think he was confused. I think Jesus understood that. So he's back fishing. Jesus calls him. At the shore, there's this charcoal fire, just like the one he denied Jesus. All the memory of failure. Cast your net on the other side, the memory of how he started. And now he says, Peter, do you love me? And, and what he really says is, Peter, do you agape me? Peter answers him, I phileo you. In other words, I really love you, but it's for me. I love you. And you know that. And, and what Jesus said is, feed my sheep. What do you mean? I'm a failure. Yeah, feed my sheep. The connotation here is like, go and take care of those who don't know me. Feed my sheep. And then he asks him again, do you love me? And Peter, he says, agape me. Peter says, I phileo you. You know, I, I, I'm in it what I'm in it for. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. In other words, almost like a shepherd. Now, now go out there and take care of the flock. And, and then the third time, Jesus switches his word. Do you phileo me? Peter says, you know all things. You know that's what I am. I, I mean, that's what I am doing. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. You, you know what's really interesting here is for me as a leader to hear Jesus talk that way because what he's doing is bringing all the failures of Peter into very clear understanding. These are all failures, Peter. But look at me. It's about Jesus. And, and I almost could hear him saying, Peter, if this was about Peter, you'd be a loser. But it's not. It's about Jesus. So go feed my sheep and make it about me. And this is an amazing principle in the Bible. If it's about Dave Wager, I am telling you something, this whole thing collapses and there's the Dave Wager and all of his failures and all of his mediocrity in everything that I've done wrong. If I can make it about Jesus, I can make it work. And Jesus is merciful and he's forgiving and I can live in grace. And what he's doing is offering that to Peter saying, Peter, you are just about ready now for me to use because you are just about at the end of yourself. You have seen that it does not work making Peter the center of anything. You have seen that your understanding doesn't work. Now, Peter, go feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. And Peter, aren't you thankful it's not about Peter, but it's about me? There's a lot of times where I could see myself in the same way as Peter. I think we have a lot of the same personalities. I generally tend to speak sometimes before I think. And so, I mean, I've just learned a lot of, tonight that we've been talking about this because there's a lot of times, and I'm sure Peter probably felt this too, where Satan reminded him of his failures. You know, you deny Jesus, you messed up, you messed up, you messed up. And there's been a lot of times 
with um, working with trafficking victims that I haven't felt qualified. I a lot of advocates are survivors, and I'm I'm not a survivor. And a lot of times I felt like I wasn't qualified. What do I really have to say? I didn't experience anything like this. I don't know. Anytime when I would go and speak or get ready to do an outreach, that would enter my mind a lot. And there were so many times that I felt like I failed at what God was calling me to do. But I think um, the story is such a great reminder. You know, if anybody out there is feeling like that, I mean, just check out the life of Peter and listen to the show again because it, it was it was encouraging for me. So I hope it was encouraging for our listeners too. Tonight, the main takeaway for me is to stay faithful. You know, especially in those moments when you know that Jesus has called you out of that boat. And to take a step, it's so easy to, in life, get distracted and think, you know, oh, man, God's left me now. I can't do this anymore on my own. This has happened. I've failed and I've messed up and things have happened. And it's not the same anymore. It's not what it was. I thought it was this really happy journey. And and why am I so hurt? Why am I so pained? It's just easier if I just go back to the way that I was, even the way that I was living before I knew Jesus. That's a natural temptation because we are creatures of habit and we will go back to the familiar. It takes a step of faith to step away from the familiar and to trust that God's original calling on your life was not an accident. And that's my encouragement to you tonight is that it wasn't an accident. And so maybe you've taken that step of faith. Maybe this schooling process for you, if you're taking finals this week and you're just boiling down to the last couple of projects or the last final project before classes are done, the final exams, all that, and you're wondering, man, what's this really for? Stay faithful in it because I can encourage you with that. If you stay faithful and you press through the difficulty of it, that God's going to come out the other side, you're going to be better for it, and you will have experiences along the way that you can look back and see how it wasn't your strength, that it was really God's strength, and how God was weaving your story through this really intricate set of circumstances, and you have relationships that come into play with that, you've got people that come into your life that you never would have expected it. You know, this is that story of Peter, he wasn't a guy that you'd probably write a story about where it was intersecting with Jesus and what Jesus had. The reality is that Jesus isn't looking for the people who have the most things together in their life. You know, we've been on this series called The Epidemic and talking about parenting, and I can tell you as a parent of young kids right now, to other parents, you're probably in that same boat where you've realized over and over again that in your strength, you don't have it all together. And the one thing that Jesus always promises is that it won't be easy. That's the only guarantee we have is that, you know what, this world's going to hate you. They're going to hate that you follow me. But you know what? Take heart because I've overcome the world. And so when it comes to parenting, when it comes to leading, when it comes to being someone that can be relied upon in, in a various job capacity or whatever career that you're in or position and season in life, is that God hasn't put you there because you're the most qualified. He's put you there because you need to be there. And so maybe tonight the challenge for you is to take that step of faith, to step out of that boat, to just take Jesus at his word tonight. I want to encourage you, go and chat with one of our live coaches about it. They would love to just dialogue with you and talk to you about it with you. And maybe you're in a point in your life where you're just kind of feeling that tension of, where do I go from here? What do I do? Just stay faithful. And one thing that God is going to do in that process, just like he did with Peter, in that moment there at the end of his story, is Jesus was breaking through that self-will that Peter had his whole time with Jesus. Yeah, they went through experiences. Yeah, they did all of these different things together. But the final thing that Jesus was working on was his heart and saying, you know what, Peter, you've done a lot of this stuff in your own strength. 
But now it's really time to set down those nets and it's time to come follow me. It's not about your strength anymore. You realize that. He showed himself in that moment where Peter messed up and, and he knew that he failed and let Jesus down and denied him and turned his back and went back to the way that he was living. And Jesus said, you know what? I get it. I know why you did that. And now it's time to let go of those nets. And now it's time to stop relying on your strength and to trust mine. That's all for us here tonight on HopeNet Radio. Continue this conversation on Twitter with us. We're hanging out with you. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also tonight, there are show notes available at HopeNet360.com, along with details about the men's retreat coming up next weekend and the events that are happening with Damascus Road under the show notes. For all of us here on HopeNet Radio, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.